0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: You know the world, the world's in a crisis. How many of you know the world's been in a crisis the last couple of years? Amen. Everybody's literally filled with fear. Yeah. I'm gonna die. <laughs> they hear, they hear the news telling them you're gonna die, right? And everybody's running around. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. And and, and literally, that is not what the Lord says, right? The Lord says you're going to live and not die. You're going to conquer disease and not be a victim of it. You may go through a fiery trial, but at the end of it, you're going to be victorious, right? Because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He will resurrect you from anything. Amen? And so this world we live in is in a crisis. They're, they're in desperate need of something that the world can't provide for them. And, you know... And there's nothing the world can provide to fix it. There's no shot. There's, there's nothing that can fix the fear that is laden in what is rooted in why the world is in chaos right now. Right? And so um, I would say to you that, you know, the world doesn't have a medicine. They, you know, there's no such thing as a fix the world can offer. Because peace, true peace is spiritual. Right? right. True peace is an impartation. So my question to you is, is have you received your impartation? I'm not talking like one trip. I'm talking about daily impartation, right? Cricket was talking about your vessel. But, you know, Jesus demonstrated a life that actually was spent in learning and trusting in receiving so that his cup was full, that he was filled up to the brim, right? Are you filled today? Did anybody get filled today? Because if you're not, you're, you're missing the whole concept of why Jesus came to give you the Holy Ghost so that we would all walk in true peace, right? And so Jesus demonstrates this lifestyle all centered around this prayer life. In John five nineteen, it says that Jesus, um, he only did what he saw his father doing, right? So he goes into prayer. He waits for the father to speak to him. The father speaks and he gets up and he says, all right, boys, we're going to feed the 5,000. All right, boys, we're going to the woman at the well. All right, boys, we're going across the lake to the demoniac to set the demoniac free. All right, boys. And every day was a different adventure because he went into prayer to get filled with the Holy Ghost, to get the vision of God, and he comes out ready to attack the world instead of expecting the world to provide something for him that the world couldn't provide. He got what he needed. He got his life from the Holy Spirit, from his Father in heaven, and then he went to the world to shake the world. He didn't depend on the world for nothing. Amen? Amen? Is anybody in here looking at the world, expecting the world to calm down? Expecting the world to change and you know, make your life a lot easier? You know, I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem to happen to me much. What I've learned is, my goodness, if I go into prayer and I hear my Father speak, if I hear the Holy Spirit direct me and point me, somehow there's this anointing. There's this presence of God that fills me up, that equips me with a grace to do something that is supernatural, right? The true Christian walk is a supernatural thing. You can't depend on the world for nothing. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and like say... Stop depending on the world. (laughs) For what only Jesus can give you. Amen? Are you with me? It's like, oh my gosh. I, I just got set free of something. Amen? Woo! Like the Holy Ghost, literally, whenever you use your voice to say, I refuse what the world can't give me, and I learn to use my voice to draw on the Lord... Somehow, something shifts, something happens, right? I gave this vision to this girl one time. This is probably, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago. And the vision was, it was a simple vision. And the vision was that uh, the Lord gave her a paint truck. And the paint truck was filled with rainbow colored paint. And I said, I saw you going through the city, and all you did was turn on the nozzle and you changed the look of the city, you changed the atmosphere because you gave away what the Lord gave you. And she started walking through the city praying and prophesying over people. And pretty soon, like, people were laughing. And it was like, I had a revelation from the prophecy of how simple the Gospel really is. That if you hear God and you release God, that somehow you are in the driver's seat instead of the world. Amen? Amen. You got a picture? The world is not your problem. It's hearing from the one who changes the atmosphere that's the problem. Amen? Amen? And so, you know, Jesus demonstrated this lifestyle um, where judgment came out of His voice. You know, a lot of you grew up in different denominations and different places where you were actually taught, do not judge. You know, and that taken out of context can mess you up. It can basically force you to sit silent and not use the very power, the gift that was given to you by Christ. Jesus didn't tell you to be silent in all situations. He actually was telling you don't sow, in, don't sow darkness into darkness. Don't judge with the, with the judgment of darkness against darkness. You're wasting your time. It'll actually be piled on top of you, right? You'll reap what you sow. But righteous judgment is actually, it says in Revelation 19, it says that Jesus comes um, to judge in righteousness and make war. Jesus is at war with the way of the world. Right? And so if if you set your mind on the revelation of the Holy Ghost that you are at war with the world, that you actually, the way you war with the world is actually to release the peace of Christ into the earth, to release forgiveness into the earth, to release whatever is needed to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, right? To release that into the earth, guess what? You are judging in righteousness. And when Jesus demonstrated the power of the Holy Spirit on the earth, he was doing something that was supernatural, that was a demonstration of the power in the Spirit, right? He was He was demonstrating the kingdom through the sons of God. Are you are you a son of God? Right? In the book of uh, Romans chapter 8, it says all of creation groans and waiting for you to wake up in the power of the Holy Ghost as a son of God to release the judgment of Christ on the earth. Are you with me? Come on church, are you with me? Because you're not a victim of the world, the world is a victim of you. And if you could grasp hold of the revelation of the Holy Ghost in your prayer life that my God, all I have to do is hear. If I hear Him, the world is at the mercy of the church. The world is at the mercy of the voice of God. And everywhere Jesus walked, He shook the earth. He didn't lose. Can you name me one time where Jesus lost? He didn't even lose the cross because He was in the will of God to go to the cross, right? Right? He he wasn't a victim of of the the Pharisees and and Pontius Pilate. He said, take me, because it is the will of my Father. Amen? Amen. Amen. Everything he did was knowing the will of the Holy Spirit, right? And he changed the world. You see, every one of us are called to change the world. Every one of us are called to walk in that revelation. And so I want to talk to you about this concept that Cricket brought up. Um, about your bucket. He called it a bucket, but scripturally, there's this word, it's called it's called a metron. Okay, the Greek word for the concept of a bucket is the word metron. It actually means a vessel for receiving and then measuring. Okay, so a metron. Picture this. You know, in, in chemistry class, you know those beakers? You know the beaker? That's a, that's a, that's a metron, okay? You pour stuff into the beaker, and what's on the side of the beaker? There's a measuring, right? And so you pour, you pour the, the oil, you pour the living water into the vessel, and it bubbles up over, overflowing, and it's measured to be overpowering, right? If, if it's filled, it flows out of the metron, Are you getting the picture? It flows out. If you're filled, it flows out of the bucket. What flows into the bucket is coming so fast that it's also flowing out of the bucket. You're not being measured by the world. The world is being measured by you because you are in this metron. You're in this beaker in this chemistry experiment called the kingdom of heaven invading earth. And you're everywhere you walk, you're actually measuring. The darkness, the darkness isn't measuring you. You're measuring the darkness. And because you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're releasing the Holy Ghost. And the world is at the mercy of the sons of God. Amen. And so we get to the concept of why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit, continually filled with the Holy Spirit, because peace is one of the most ultimate weapons there is. Right? Right? The world is searching for something they can't get, but you know the Holy Spirit and how you value the Holy Spirit in your prayer life is like you knock and beat until peace comes. Sometimes it's 15 minutes. Sometimes it's two hours. Sometimes it's all night. Sometimes it's five days without eating and knocking on heaven's door because this oppression's coming upon you. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody that because you actually know the source of peace. John fourteen twenty six. it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. Say dreams and visions. Yeah. He will speak to you and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give, Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be afraid. The world is shaken in fear. The world is shaken. It has no answer. It's at the mercy of the voice that keeps chirping. You're in trouble. You're going to die. You better try this. You better take that. You better do all these things. But somehow, this God we serve, this man named Jesus said, stay here, I'm sending upon you the Holy Ghost. I am sending you peace. I am sending you the power of heaven on earth to where your vessel is so filled and so overflowing that you are measuring everything around you. Okay? And so peace is a metron. It is a vessel. It is a bucket. You are a bucket that can be filled and filled and filled. The issue is not your enemy. The issue isn't Jesus because He promised to give you. Right? The only limitation is your mind and your heart not not literally embracing and expecting in the God who promised to give you peace. Amen? In all situations. And And He touches us and trains us in so many fiery trials and situations. It's actually in the fire that He reveals Himself. You know, some of us get caught up like, why is this happening to me? Why? Why? Why, God? Why? Right? I get... Come on, I'm talking. Come on, I've been there. I think I was there last week. But you know what? Every trial creates a deeper expectation that the Lord is going to come and dominate that situation because you are the measuring rod. You are the vessel that pours out on earth. Amen? Tell your neighbor you're not a victim. You have the mitron of the Holy Ghost. You see, peace is a force. Peace is something you can't learn. It's a spirit. It's literally imparted. It's relational. You can't know enough for what the one who lives gives you. Come on, Come on. Come on. talking to someone, man. you can't learn enough to compensate for what an impartation is. People say, why do you lay hands on people everywhere you go? Why do you cast out devils? Why do you prophesy everywhere you go? Because that's the impartation of the kingdom. That's the impartation that Jesus promised. I will speak to you. How how does he help people in the church or on the street? How does he help people that can't hear? He sends somebody who hears, whose vessel is overflowing to go speak and impart and change a person's life. Amen? Amen? (laughs) Are you with me, church? Amen. So this concept of fear, you know, the Lord is so serious about fear. There's no such thing that you're going to achieve and grow to a certain level that somehow like I don't know one of these mega preachers or whatever you get to that level and you're good baby you're never going to have another battle you're never going to have another problem in fact fear is going to be so f- afraid of you that fear's not going to come knocking on your door ever again That's not that I wish but that's not true New levels new devils you ever hear that term Right New, new territories, new challenges, new places. Are you guys staying the same here? Or, or are you going into new adventures? Are you expanding into new places? So why would you not expect to have a battle? You see, growth in Christianity is about a mentality of expecting war. It's not like you're going to, it's not like Jesus is going to come and then for the next 30 years of your life, it's all good. If you, if you find that guy, introduce him to me. Okay. But you in, with a mentality of receiving peace, you can be the guy who is not intimidated by fear. Because fear will always, every time you're going to do a new thing, every, like when I go to India in certain places or I go to a new church in a different city, fear is always lurking. Fear is always waiting for a doubt, sowing unbelief, sowing something and trying. And I always, if I sit there, guess what? If I shut my mouth and I just say, you know what? That feels like fear. Yeah, it'll just go away. Yeah. Anybody do that? You know, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. It's, it's not like you just lay there and, and, you know, it's over, right? We'll get to more of that in a minute. But the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Jesus demonstrated it by His walk. Jesus in Mark chapter 4, He, 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 he says, alright boys, come on, we're going across the Sea of Galilee and we're going to go to the man chained to the tombs at the Gadarenes, right? And so they get, it, they get into the boat They get into the boat, and all of a sudden, this they call it a sea. They call it the Sea of Galilee, but it's actually a lake. It's a big lake, right? It's not a sea. All of a sudden, this thing that they describe as a storm. How in the heck does a storm happen on a lake? This storm that's described as the boat rocking, right? I mean, the disciples are so shaken, and Jesus is is laying there in the midst of the storm. They wake him up. And Jesus gets up and He says, Peace be still. Peace be still. You know that word peace? It actually means I muzzle you. Come on. That's a, that you, you may perceive peace as this goo-goo, like this, I don't know, like this innocent thing. But peace is an act of war. You see, when you receive peace, when you are embodied in peace, when you are saturated in the peace of heaven you literally will recognize your enemy. Jesus recognized his enemy. He said, that's, that's not a natural windstorm. That's not. He, he turns and he looks at that storm. He gets up on top of the boat and he says, peace be still. He's actually saying, I muzzle you, demon. I muzzle you, fear. I muzzle you, intimidation. I, am muz- I muzzle you. Right? He's saying, I am releasing my authority over you. Stop it. Stop it. Amen? Stop it. You got anything in your life that you need to turn and say, stop it. Go in Jesus' name. Amen? Have you practiced that lately? When's the last time you went haywire on the devil? You guys probably, well, I shouldn't go here, but. You probably go haywire more on the people you're called to love than you go haywire on the <laughs> devil. Right? See, you see, the devil tricks you, right? He he whispers in the wife's ear, and then he comes and whispers in the husband's ear. And then he, you know, pretty soon you're all looking at each other like there's this different lens you're looking at her through, and this different lens you're looking at him through all the while not recognizing that fear and intimidation and all the wiles of the devil came to create this storm. And the Lord is saying, I'm looking for somebody to rise up and say, I muzzle you, devil. I muzzle you. Peace be still. Come on, you got to practice it. When when Cammie was about four, I I read her that story every night. It was her favorite story. And we'd lay there in the bed four years old. Well, maybe not four. She was probably younger. She still had her pacifier in. Because I remember she'd she'd be going on her pacifier and she'd take that out and we'd go, peace be still. (laughs) You should practice that. You know, when you learn a habit seven, you have to learn it seven, you have to hear it seven times and begin to do it seven times in a row. You should actually start practicing every day. Peace be still. Peace be still. I muzzle you, devil. Amen. Amen? So the storm, why did the storm come? The storm came because Jesus was landing on the other side of the sea. He had an assignment on the other side of the sea. As soon as his feet landed, in Mark chapter 5, it says the demoniac who was out of his mind, right, the one that Jesus cast legion out of, it came fell at Jesus' feet, and the demon started to say, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? Leave us alone, please, right? And Jesus said, shut up. I muzzle you, demon, right? He said, go. He said, go. So Jesus demonstrated authority in the picture, but the cause was that there was a man who would be awakened so profoundly by the presence of God That one man, it says later in Mark 7, when Jesus and the disciples came back through, that one man, it says that he began to witness, right? The Scripture says that he wanted to originally go with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you stay here and you go tell them what happened to you. They all know that you were out of your mind. They all know that you wanted to kill yourself. They all know. But when you go tell them, that peace came into your life. That a man that was out of his mind suddenly is in his mind in the peace of Christ. And he says, right? He, he speaks and he, he witnesses. He says, this is what peace did to my life. Right? The whole, it says the whole region Amen. came back to Jesus. Amen. And so, why does the storm come into your life? The storm is because the enemy knows what you're about to become. The enemy knows that if you truly hear what is possible and what is coming and what the Lord's going to do and and what the Lord has planned for you, the enemy knows that you're going to grow, that you're going to impart, that your vessel, your metron, is going to bubble over because you have a story of being victorious in the battle. Amen. Amen? You see, this metron thing is is the real deal. And your metron will grow, okay? Romans 12.3 says, you have been given a measure, a metron, and that metron can increase. So you're not limited. You're given a start. You're on a starting line. You're not limited by God. You're given enough to start, right? And Jesus said that whatever you sow, right, you will reap. So if you sow and you receive, the, the grace that you receive, you give, guess what? Right? The mitron, the beaker, this 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 uh, chemistry experiment called your vessel, your bucket, begins to overflow. Amen? Amen. I remember um, I, was, I was in India. Um, I think it was 2017. And... Um, I was on a Sunday, and so on Sundays, usually they, you know, they drive you, they want you to do three, four, maybe five churches, and man, I was whooped. I was on, like, church number four, and we get in a car, and and we're going, right, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, Lord, what are we doing next? And I get this this word of knowledge, and the Lord says, I want you to talk about the woman with the issue of blood, and I get this vision. I'm not going to tell the whole vision, but the, the punchline is, you're gonna you're gonna pray for a woman with the issue of blood, and so I'm going through my Bible. Um, I get up, I get up. They introduce me, and I start to speak. And as soon as I start to speak, I talk. I start to say the woman with the issue of blood. The pastor's wife is she. She's sitting in the front row, and she starts to she's bent over and she starts to cry. And I'm like, what, what's, what's going on here, right? And I mean, she's crying and I'm I'm talking about the woman with the issue of blood and you know Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood and you know I don't know exactly where I'm going but I'm I'm flowing with what the spirit of God's talking to me about, right? And all of a sudden the pastor's wife gets up and runs to the back and like four other women run out with her. And I hear this 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 crying, right? There's this I don't know, I can't even describe it. It's just like this everybody everybody in the church is looking they're looking at me they're looking in the back they're looking at me and I'm trying to keep it together right and um, the next thing you know one of the women come comes through the door who was out with the pastor's wife and she comes and she whispers she whispers to the to the uh, to the pastor and and then she starts talking to other people and I, I like pause, and I am start asking my interpreter questions, and I said, what's going on? And uh, we literally stopped. We're, we're like this. We're in the middle of the church. My interpreter gets down, and everybody's standing up at this point. Everybody's like commotion everywhere. The pastor's like, like he looks like deer in the headlights. And all, all of a sudden, the woman, the pastor's wife, comes back through the door, and everybody's like, like no way, no way, and the, my interpreter comes back and and uh, he says, "You're not going to believe this, but that woman bled for like two decades. She's healed. Amen. She stopped bleeding. Oh, and the reason the reason she was she was bent over is she was being touched by the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh my God, go God, right, go God. And I'm telling you the story because. It's an example of a metron, right? A measuring rod. I mean, I don't know why the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about a woman with an issue of blood. All I was is faithful in speaking what the Lord spoke to me and somehow the woman who the Lord was speaking to, and guess what? The whole church got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen? I mean, come on. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, you know, your Metron, as the Lord takes you through fiery trials, that fiery trial will test your heart, but it actually is expanding the container. No, I refuse you, devil. No, I refuse you, doctor's diagnosis. No, I refuse you, psychologist's diagnosis. No, I refuse you, world who's putting fear on me. No, I refuse you. Amen? And so the deeper you pull to have your vessel filled, that pull, that, ah! Uh, anybody have an ah uh, in their prayer life? Yeah. Right? Ah! Uh, that's actually the expansion of your vessel. Ah! Uh, my wife thinks I'm crazy sometimes. I'm down, I'm down there rolling around on the ground, punching the wall. Come on, devil! Uh, right? But that time of testing, that time of challenge of your enemy. I know it feels, you know, we all don't, we all don't like those times. But those times actually grow you and expand you. Your metron actually grows, amen? amen? So I told you about, you're given a measure. Romans twelve three says you've been given a measure, a metron. The word, the, the word measure is the word metron. That can be increased. Why, why can it be increased and how can it be increased is the question. Right? Matthew 7, verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure, mitron, you carry, it shall be measured back to you. Okay? Now, there's different contexts and different meanings of this Scripture. You can use it for money. You can use it... Um, I like to use this Scripture in the context of you are sowing the judgment of Christ, right? That's what he says. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you carry, it shall be measured to you again. So, as you're in this battle, get this picture, guys. As you're in this battle... And fear is real, right? You're trembling at night. You've got these thoughts going on in your life. You can't stop them. You roll out of bed because you're not a victim, right? It's the, the, the alarm is sounding. You roll out of bed, and you go downstairs in your prayer room, in your war closet, and you begin to say, peace be still. And it still doesn't get peaceful. But you say, peace be still. I command you, devil, leave my life. I command you, leave in Jesus' name. I say, peace be still. And you fight and you pray and you push, right? Guess what's happening? The measure that you judge with because you chose not to judge like the world. You chose not to accept the fear. You feel it, but you don't accept it. So you're judging according to the promise. You're releasing the promise out of your mouth, right? And out of your mouth, you are actually sowing into your own life. Are you with me, church? You're actually sowing his promise because Jesus says, with the measure you judge, it will return to you. You will grow in the midst of the battle. Amen. You see, you look at battles completely different when you actually recognize that sometimes, I see, if I could whistle, I'd whistle right now. Sometimes the Lord whistles up a little enemy. Something, now now get me, don't get me wrong. He does not give you sickness and disease, right? Sickness and disease is not not of, of God. But sometimes there are times, was David led onto the battlefield with Goliath? Right? There's all kind of battles listed throughout the Scripture. And the men who overcame, the men who conquered in the midst of the battle grew. Guess what? Their mitron grew. Because they did not succumb to the fear and the intimidation and the lies of evil. They actually sowed the kingdom of God. They actually preached it. They they spoke it. They believed God and it was returned to them. Their mitron grew. Right? So... Again, in, in Mark 4:24, "Take heed what, what measure you judge, for what you judge with more shall be given." It's the same concept, right? So it doesn't mean don't judge. The church was never meant to be silent, because the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. It's voice driven. And the worst thing there is is a silent church. The most powerful force on the earth is a church that knows their identity in Christ and knows that the promise of God is theirs for the taking. They as a church are a mitron and together you cry out, you pray, you intercede, you dominate the landscape instead of the landscape dominating you. So you could say as an individual or as a church, That your destiny, your next year, your next two years, your next five years is a product of your prayer life. Right? The ease at which you enter into your next battle and overtake your next battle is dependent upon how you embrace the current one. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. The ease with which you face your next level, your next devil, your next principality, your next enemy is dictated at the way you recognize that you grow in the midst of the battle. Right? Amen? Amen? Remember, the Lord said do not fear. He said it over 350 times throughout the Bible. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not allow your heart to fear. Jesus said do not let your heart be troubled. Nor let it be afraid. That's a command. Don't let it be afraid. Expect in me... Expect in me. Expect in me. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Yeah. You see, your growth is simply about your expectation. No matter how dire the situation, no matter how crisscrossed your relationships are, if you dig into the Holy Ghost and you believe that the measure that you judge with, it will return to you, your life will be centered around what the Lord has promised you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So where do you spend your time? Amen? You see, we're called the judge. Jesus said in Mark 16 that you will judge. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, you will cast out devils. You're judging the darkness. In my name, you will prophesy. What's prophecy? Prophecy is the destiny that God has for people replacing the darkness that the enemy has put on people. The gifts are about judgment, guys. Every gift of the Spirit is is literally about that knowing the heart of God, He is for you, not against you, that the blood of Jesus has paid the price for all people. They don't get cleaned up before they get the blood. They get the blood, and then Jesus cleans them up. Right? And if we judge the way Jesus equipped us to judge, we'll be running around prophesying, casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead. Amen? Changing the destinies and lives of people. You know, some, some of the greatest battles and experiences I had in the early days was the Lord revealing to me what I had to fight. Amen? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed of what you have to fight. Every one of us have a fight. And what you conquer in your prayer life in your own personal deliverance will manifest around you. Amen. Amen? Amen? India didn't exist before the battles in the early 2000s. Amen? India didn't just come because a guy laid hands on me and he said I was to go to the nations. It was the battles against fear and condemnation and shame and guilt and uh, every evil force that tried to limit me was conquered in a prayer room. Amen. Okay. My, prayer, my, my metron, my bucket, didn't grow simply through in a church setting or simply because of where I sat or who I was with. My bucket was expanded in my war cry. My bucket was expanded when I said, I muzzle you, demon. I muzzle you, generational curse. I muzzle you. I muzzle you. I muzzle you. I, muzzle you. I will not let you dictate that my children are going to follow and do what I did. No way. Come on. Am I talking to somebody here tonight? You see, your battle is not about you being a victim. Your battle is about your promotion. Amen? Your battle is the place where you will see the peace of Christ show up in your life so profoundly that, my God, the judgment of God coming back to you, right? Right? The expansion of the kingdom in your own life because you refused the fear and you said, Peace be still. It can't be that simple, can it? That you would have one revelation that you don't have to be a victim of fear. Amen. Amen? Amen. I was praying with a guy today. (laughs) I was praying with a guy today who struggled with fear all his life. We had a little bit of a talk. We had a little bit of a pep talk about Jesus and the Holy Ghost and that. You know, there's a scripture in, in, in the book of Timothy. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind, right? right. Begin to pray, lay my hands on him, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, what's happening my belly? Oh, my gosh, and oh, my gosh, I feel different. Oh, I feel peace, right? Come on, man, it's real. The kingdom is real. Come on, it, I, mean, I know there's people in here who struggle with fear. Uh-huh. Come on, you're lying to me. I've been, I've been in, an, in enough groups of people to know that the number one issue, or num, one of the top issues, is fear. Amen. The Lord says it for a reason. You know why? Because Satan has no authority over you. The only authority,, Jesus, the only authority that Satan has over you is the authority you give him. Amen. Amen. And there's two ways in, you, in which you fail. If you lay silent, you are letting the intimidation rule you. All right. All right. Amen? Amen. Amen? And the other way is if you actually judge in darkness, meaning that you actually embody unforgiveness, you embody bitterness, you embody hate, you embody anger, you embody the brokenness that's in, in the curse, right? If you, if you actually function in that, you're actually giving your authority to Satan. Satan. Because Jesus said, I've given you a metron. I've given all of you who've received my blood. I've given you all a measure. Right? Romans 12.3, I've given you all a measure. I've given you. I've not held anything back. I've given you enough to fight. And I've given you a promise that whatever measure you judge with, it shall come back and expand you and increase you and take you out take you out of the place of woundedness and brokenness and inability and failed marriage and all the cursed stuff and take you in to promise. There will be a victory. Amen. Amen. So it comes, it comes down to authority. So if Jesus holds all keys, how many keys does Satan have? One? Is he old Five? But Satan's scary, man. Satan's scary like that fear comes in my room. I feel it at night. It's real. But guess what? All he can do is intimidate you. Just like Adam and Eve. The only authority that that Satan has is what you refuse to use. And if it doesn't come out of your mouth to actually embrace the kingdom and say, peace, be still, and confront the enemy, guess what? If you lay there silent and that thing's chirping in your ear. Some of you have laid there as a child, a victim of fear. And then you got in your teens, anxiety, depression, despair. And then you got in your 20s, trying meds, doing whatever it takes, still a victim of that thing whispering into you. And then you get in your 30s, and despair kicks in, and it's like it's never going to leave. But then Jesus shows up And he says, I've given you my judgment power. Behold, I give you authority to tread on the serpent and the scorpion, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Right? And you have this revelation, and you get the point. It's like, oh, my goodness. Peace be still, devil. Do you ever cast a demon out of yourself? Come on. if, If you've never cast a demon out of yourself, I mean literally, I mean, are you in a battle? Are you judging? There's no such thing as clean Christians, okay? There's no such thing as a a perfect Christian. We're always in deliverance. We're always in battles. The Lord, I mean, maybe I'm weird, but I mean, the Lord's always talking to me, yeah, you know that thing, we're going to attack that now. We're going to address this now. We're going to go after this thing now. You know that curse that your dad struggled with? We're going after that now. All right, baby. Peace be still. Let's go, baby. We're fasting. We're praying. We're going in the garden. We're there all night. We're doing what we got to do because the Lord says we're picking a fight. Come on. the Lord. Has the Lord been unctioning you? It's time to pick a fight? Come on. Did he, did he, is he unctioning you? Open your mouth and take your authority over the enemy? Don't be a victim. Don't lay there silent. Don't be like Adam and, and, and give in to the seduction. Well, well, Eve said so and she believed it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, how do I wrap this up? Um, so I want to tell you about a, a dream real quick. Um, You know, the word Goliath, it actually means the word soothsayer. Okay? Goliath stood on that battlefield, embodied in witchcraft, embodied in sorcery. Okay? Soothsayer actually means to curse the people. Okay? Some of you have listened to CNN more than you listen to the Holy Ghost, and it's can I tell you it's cursing you? Goliath, the voice of darkness, literally was releasing a fear... On the nation of Israel, all the soldiers, including King Saul, trembling, right? And some boy anointed in the Holy Ghost comes onto the battlefield and says, This day, I'm taking your head. Right. This day, I'm taking your head. I don't care if I die on this battlefield, but I will not be like the rest of them who sit up on the side claiming to know the King of Kings and sit there and shake. I will either die with my voice or I will win and release a nation from the bondage of fear. Amen? Amen. Amen. And what happens? David's actually prophesying over that giant. Right? And he says, this day I'll take your head. Do you, do you know the top five things right now that the Lord is unctioning you to say, this day I'm taking your head. Right. I, am, I, I know for the last two decades what my mom struggled with, what my grandma stu- struggled with, right? Do you have those lists that you tolerate? You know, Jesus doesn't like tolerance. He actually comes to the church of Thyatira, the the church ruled by Jezebel, and he says, I have this against you, that you tolerate Jezebel, the seductress, just like the soothsayer, speaking fear and intimidation over the people, and you tolerate it, right? Come on, what are you tolerating? I'm asking you the question because the Lord, in order for the Lord, for the embodiment of the Holy Spirit, you have to say, I refuse to accept what the world and the curse of my forefathers was. I believe the promise of God. Peace be still. Peace. Peace is my weapon. It is, it is what I love. It is what I need. It's what I desire. And when I don't have it, I know I'm being drawn into prayer. Right? I refuse to walk without my vessel overflowing with peace. Amen? Amen. And so in this dream, the Lord, the Lord gave me this download in this dream. And in this dream, um, I'm standing on the battlefield, and I'm watching David cut the head off of Goliath, okay? And all of a sudden, I look to my left, and I see this angel, and he's got a sword in his hand, and he's, he's, he's standing over Goliath's right hand. He chops off the right hand. He picks it up, and he hand, he puts the hand in front of me like this. And there's five words written on on the hand. Mm. Down the middle is the word fear. The 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 big the the big your whatever that long finger is called. Your um, index. index, yeah, that finger. The pinky um, has the word evil foreboding. You know what an evil foreboding is? Proverbs fifteen fifteen says that there that. Darkness carries a presence. Anybody feel heaviness? Despair? Those are spiritual things. They're spiritual. In the book of Isaiah, in in Isaiah 61, it says, instead of heaviness, I give you the oil of joy, the anointing of joy. Right? In place of the Spirit, I give you a different spirit. In place of the heaviness, the presence of evil, I give you joy. Right? And so... The thumb has the word intimidation. You know what intimidation is, right? Intimidation is actually fear coming out of the mouth of the demonic realm. Anybody hear voices? Anybody hear whispers? Anybody hear things that drive you batty? Right? And written in the middle was the word uh, chaos on the hand, and down around the, 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 uh, the wrist is the word pain. And so... Fear, intimidation, and evil foreboding is meant to cause chaos in your life and keep you in pain. And I'm like, all right, Lord. (laughs) I get the picture. I get this picture, right? You get the picture? The hand of the soothsayer, Goliath, is to reach into your life to create chaos through fear, intimidation, and evil foreboding. And it creates pain. Anybody have pain you're dealing with right now? Come on, do I have the right crowd? Yes. Come on, have you accepted the pain and the chaos? Do you, have you been convinced by your enemy that you're the crazy one? It's a very important question. Because if you accept that somehow you're messed up and you're broken, you will not believe. Jesus spent all this time talking about believing. He said, if you can believe, if you can believe. And so the enemy's after your ability to believe. So he creates this chaos through fear, intimidation, and evil foreboding, and you live in pain. You tolerate it. You accept it. Right? And so you have this picture of the enemy's reach coming through the voice of darkness. Amen? Amen? The voice of darkness is meant to intimidate you to steal your authority. It's meant to take what the Lord said, I'm going to fill up your Mitron and equip you and empower you to overflow and pour out in your own life, in your marriage, in your children, breaking generational curses, not tolerating it for nothing. If it's not of God... I'm not tolerating it. Amen? Amen. I'm not tolerating it. And so, have you ever prayed? Have you ever violently prayed against your enemy? Have you ever violently prayed against fear and intimidation and pain and the chaos that the enemy brings into your life? Paul said this in Ephesians 6, We don't war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness who come and whisper to release intimidation, to bring you in fear. And the Lord is actually awakening people in this house to judge in righteousness and to make war to cause you to recognize that you are a wisdom filled warrior. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can hear the Holy Ghost, you get get the answer, and you actually say, Peace be still. Peace be still. Amen. Peace be still, man. I mean, all night. I mean, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost in the early days, man, I was messed up. I mean, I was an alcoholic. I drank three, four nights a week because of the chaos and the pain, the voices, the fear. I was bound in fear. I hate fear. Jesus said this, love what is good, hate what is evil. Is fear good or bad? So if you tolerate fear, are you hating it? Did you ever hear that? I give you permission. I give you the anointing of the Holy Ghost to fight against your enemies, to not tolerate it, to not take it another day, another night, to actually fight against it. Amen? Amen. Can I lead you through a prayer? You You see, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Right? You have the ability to change an atmosphere by what comes out of your mouth. Amen? Amen. Say this with me. Say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Peace be still. still. Satan, Satan. the Lord rebuke you. you. Get Get behind me, Satan. I loose myself from every bond of Satan in the name of Jesus. I bind and rebuke all hindering spirits of Satan in the name of Jesus. I quench with the shield of faith every fiery dart the enemy sends my way I am redeemed from the curse by the blood of Jesus I break all curses of witchcraft sorcery and death in Jesus name I break and release myself from all curses of pride rebellion and dead powerless religion in Jesus name I renounce idolatry in the name of Jesus I rebuke and cast out any spirit that would oppress me. Fear, leave me now. Intimidation, leave me now. Evil foreboding, leave me now. Chaos, leave me now in Jesus' name. I break all curses of schizophrenia. Come on, I break all curses of double-mindedness. I command it to go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Come on, I bind and rebuke double-mindedness. I command every evil spirit, leave me now. Leave me now in Jesus' name. Goliath, this day, I take your head. I take authority over intimidation. Go in Jesus' name. Fear, go in Jesus' name. Heaviness, leave me now double mindedness lead me now in Jesus name Holy Ghost I offer up my soul I give you my mitron according to the judgment in which I judged I receive peace I receive peace fill me up Holy Spirit come on fill me up Holy Ghost
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcupett.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find The School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.